What's up, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Crunch Time with Crook. We have our returning guest from earlier this season, Mr. Donnie Berry, came all the way up from the great state of Oklahoma. How's it going, Donnie? Oh, man, it's it's going, but feels really good to be back on the show, really good to be back with the boys. All right, and then as always, we got Mad Max, Max Williams, Max. Man, dude, it's it's been an eventful couple of days since the last podcast. Yeah. What are some of the big things before we hop into our topics that you think really shocked the sports world? Well, I mean, obviously just yesterday, Kruk, right, in the NBA, uh, Kyrie Irving went to the Mavs uh, for Dorian Finney-Smith and a couple other draft picks to the Nets. So obviously that's a big pickup for the Mavericks, see how they do for NBA championship. NFL, I mean, it's kind of just been a little bit off a little bit. Obviously we know the Chiefs just beat the Bengals in the AFC championship game, the Eagles beat the 49ers with Brock Purdy, you know, not being fully 100%. So we got Eagles and uh, Chiefs getting ready for the Super Bowl. And, yeah, I mean, obviously it's been a lot, correct? All right, now we're going to get started in our topics. Donnie, I'll give you first pick. Do you want to talk about the Super Bowl coming up or the Pro Bowl that just ended? Um, let's go into the Super Bowl. All right, so the Super Bowl coming up, it will be the Chiefs versus the Eagles. This will be the first Super Bowl in which two brothers have played in the Super Bowl, as well as the first Super Bowl with two African-American quarterbacks that are both starting. I don't know who I have favored in this game, really looking at it. Um, I was recently on a different podcast with uh, Davo and Killian. They do a FanDuel betting podcast, and most of the betting lines were really close. I mean, it wasn't like one team was favored by a lot. It wasn't anything crazy. The only thing that every single... Um, sporting book, sporting app has for sure is that Travis Kelsey is going to score the first touchdown. Do you think if the Eagles get the ball first, do you still think Travis Kelsey will score the first touchdown? I mean, I I still think Travis Kelsey is going to score in the game. I think maybe, I mean, it depends on how they start and play on Travis Kelsey, right? Because you know Travis Kelsey is one of the top, obviously, receivers, kind of threats for the Chiefs. But don't obviously sleep on Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That guy's kind of been hot recently for the Chiefs, right? Against the Bengals, he had that big touchdown in the game that kind of took him the lead, extended out as well. I think just quickly, the keys of the game, right, is how the Eagles' defensive line plays against the Chiefs' offensive line. The Eagles', Eagles defensive line, they played absolutely well the past two games against the Giants and the 49ers. Hassan Reddick is one of those guys that can, like, break havoc in any type of game. I think that's going to be something to keep in mind for the Eagles. For the Chiefs, it's going to also be about how Patrick Mahomes is going to feel. That is still another thing to keep in mind. How that high ankle sprain is going to be, how mobile he's going to be now, obviously. Because in that game, only coming from a week after the last game that he had it against the Jaguars, you could tell he's still hobbling around there, Crook and Donnie, right? Hobbling around and everything. So somehow found a way, grit and will, to get it done. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on in this one. And I think it's going to be a good one, Donnie. What do you think? Oh, no, I definitely think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I just want to start off with the fact that I think that Mama Kelsey deserves to, uh, to flip the coin. I mean, I feel like it's only fair. She's got both sides in there, yeah. Right, but uh, but to get get back to the football aspect of things, I mean, I mean, it just on paper it's going to be a it's supposed to be a really good football game. However, I don't know. I just Eagles in the Super Bowl, that fan base, the momentum that they have, how good they've looked all year, how good Jalen Hurts has been playing football. I don't think the Chiefs can get past the Eagles. Man, I, I got to agree with Donnie here. Thinking about it, it it's going to be a really close game. Don't get me wrong on that one, but 
The Eagles O-line will be able to move and has been able to move every single D-line and defense it has faced. The Eagles O-line is unstoppable. The Eagles defense is even, you know, I wouldn't say better, but up to par with the Eagles O-line. you got Fletcher Cox in the middle who you have to double-team every play. I'm sorry, but Creed Humphreys will not be able to single-handedly block Fletcher Cox. Darius Slay coming off the edge, that's going to wreak havoc for whatever tackle he's coming off the edge. And then you got the rest of the Eagles defense who's just played at a different level, a different caliber all year. And then with the with the wide receiver power and the dual threatness of Jalen Hurts, the running game will still be effective simply because of the O-line. You could hand it off to Donnie Berry as a running back and he would still get four yards simply because you could fall forward with the Eagles O-line and still get four yards, but I think the Eagles have a severe, severe disadvantage when it comes to experience in these in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs because most of their talent has not made it to a Super Bowl since Nick Foles and never before Nick Foles. So the Chiefs definitely have the experience advantage because they've been in the Super Bowl what is it, three or four times in the past yeah. six years yeah. or something? I mean, yeah. these guys are right. good. Like that That's almost a home game totally. for the Chiefs because they're so used to playing deep right. into the playoffs. I, I'm going to have to go with the Eagles, even being from, or not being from, but going to school in Kansas City. I'm going to have to go with the Eagles because simply as a mathematical, statistical standpoint, the Eagles have the advantage. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to disagree with both of you, and here's why. I think it's going to be, like you said, a close game, but I think the Chiefs, what makes them have the advantage, like you said, the experience as well, but I also think you can't outmiss with their D-line as well, too. Chris Jones has been a threat as well for their team, and their defense is starting to get better as time goes by. And here's the thing about Jalen Hurts, right? Listen, he's a great quarterback and all, but even in that 49ers game and against a good defense, he really didn't have the stats that you wanted him, right? Now, granted, he didn't really need it, right? He didn't really need it because the defense played well and the running game did a good job, too. But the thing about it is, what Jalen Hurts are you going to get? If Jalen Hurts can, like you said, step back and throw to Devontae Smith and others, I think the Eagles will obviously have a chance to win. If that doesn't happen, and for, like 49ers did, that's what kept the 49ers in the game for a while until they kind of lost it when they had their backup quarterback in the game. And so... That's something I think I'm going to keep an eye on is what Jalen Hurts comes out right away. Especially, like you said, in this type of game and environment, he hasn't been there before. I like Patrick Mahomes. So I say the Chiefs are going to win this one, but close. And, hey, we got two Eagles and one Chief. So we'll see what happens here, Craig. And then moving forward into the uh, mm-hmm. recap of the NFL Pro Bowl, or if they still even want to call it that, what, what are your guys' opinion? I mean, you guys all know my opinion on this. I'm an offensive lineman, and taking linemen out of the actual Pro Bowl and turning it into a flag football game, and for those people who want to say, oh, there was still a center on the field, if you actually watch the game, he took a snap and then literally took a knee to get out of the way. That is not football. And I'm sorry, football is the one of the last gladiator sports there is. Gladiator sports meaning you almost expect or want somebody to get hurt. Boxing is still left. UFC is too new to be considered a gladiator sport. And then there's wrestling, and that's about it. Unless the sport is quite literally point-blank created to fight, football is one of the last gladiator sports, and taking the physical aspect out of it and turning it into a flag football game, 
I, I can't get behind that. Now, the rest of them, you want to have fun with it. You want to do a dodgeball tournament. You want to do a greatest catch, longest yeah. throw, longest drive. I'm fine with that. Showing these people that they can just have fun like normal people, that's cool. But put linemen in that position. Oh, garbage truck outside. Put linemen in that <laughs> position because they earned that Pro Bowl honor. They got people to vote for them. They were good. Give them the honor of playing because by not playing them, you're basically saying you're inferior to a wide receiver. You're inferior to a quarterback. You're inferior to a corner, linebacker, safety, which I'm sorry. If we started just playing flag football instead of actual football, the NFL viewership would plummet faster than the Titanic did. And that's not a joke. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think the physical idea of the Pro Bowl, remember the Pro Bowl was something that people wanted to watch, right? It was something that people back in the day, especially I think nowadays people want to see more of the flashiness, correct? You know, when I say flashy, I mean they want to see high-powered offense. They want to see people throwing it for deep plays. They don't like to see, like, the, the pounding ground like, like maybe Pro Bowls or football used to be and stuff, right? And I think looking at that, I don't really agree with it either. I think having the Pro Bowl in a flag football atmosphere – Granted, yes, it kind of it helps with safety and everything else and makes people not want to try to get anything. But at the same time, I think when you want to get a Pro Bowl, you have the best athletes doing what they do at the most physical and best thing as possible. And not having, like you said, no old lineman in that situation, basically saying, hey, I'm not going to have anyone there and just having straight wide receivers like Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs and um, other wide receivers making big-time plays. Granted, yes, they would have done that if it was regular as well. But I think it's just, I don't know, I think it's just kind of a downgrade from the usual Pro Bowls that I've watched, Donnie. No, yeah, for sure. I definitely think it's not as entertaining 100%, but you just kind of have to look at the reasonings behind it because you have to understand that the NFL, they added the, an extra game to the schedule this year. And so obviously the Pro Bowl being a game in and of itself, that's 18 games that some people have to play if they make yeah. it to a pro bowl. Yeah. True. So, I understand I understand the reasoning for he- like for health purposes, but at the same time, I feel like they could have done a better job. I feel like they could have maybe like they could have um, maybe just switched the rules up to the football a little bit. Like maybe you have it to where you keep the offensive and defensive linemen in there and you only have it to where they go for 3 seconds. Like because like, I mean, you still want to see them play. Those are your favorite players. They got voted in. You voted for them. And so I just feel like it's not – It just innocence isn't fair. And another thing I just want to touch on, you look at the quarterbacks who were voted into the Pro Bowl for the AFC. It was Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes is obviously not in the Pro Bowl because he's made the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen both did not play. go to the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. simply because they didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So now give these big-time players incentive to go. Pay them more. Say, hey, we'll give you X amount of dollars, and you have to spend 50% of it on a charity. Because even if the player's not getting the money, these NFL players want to build an identity, and giving money to charity is going to help out tenfold than just putting money in their pocket and going and spending it on whatever. But we're not going to trash talk the NFL forever. We're going to move forward into the NBA All-Star Game, which... I really like this format for the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, In case you guys didn't know, they're going to have a legit draft before 
the game even starts. So right now there are two teams. Uh, there's two teams. One is Team Giannis. One is Team LeBron. And basically those two will sit down before the All-Star game starts and just draft their team. And they have the Eastern Conference and Western Conference starters that they can pick from, and then they have the reserves that they can also pick from. So, you know, LeBron James has talked about for years how badly he wants to play with Steph Curry, and Steph Curry will not be participating in the All-Star weekend due to his latest injury. Mm. So now if you're LeBron, who are you taking with that first overall pick? You got you got Irving, Spider Mitchell, Slim Reaper Durant, Jason Tatum, the Joker, Jokic, uh, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, and then whoever else they fill in for that next spot as a starter. If you're LeBron, who are you taking first pick from either side? Go ahead, Don. You can start. Um, honestly, I think I'm going to take Luka Doncic. I mean, the the guy's unreal. <clears throat> I mean, dude drops 60 points in a game. Dude's dropping 40 points a night. Like, he's going to pick up a 4 for 4 from Wendy's. Dude's doing it day in, day out with his eyes closed, hands behind his back. Dude can do it all anytime, anywhere, any place. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I mean, last time on the show I mentioned about Jason Tatum, right, Crook? I remember how Jason Tatum was a guy that's kind of evolved his game with the Celtics. And so I would pick Jason Tatum. And I say this, and listen, Jason Tatum is probably not the most guy that you hear of or try to get as much, but his athleticism that he's grown and how he plays the game is something that you want to have on your team. So... In that situation, I would want to take Jason Tatum on my team from this starters list group. And, you know, we talked about some of the people starting. Kyrie Irving has now parted ways officially with Nike. Well, who do you think he's going to end up landing with if he picks up another shoe contract? Uh, I, <laughs> Insert I, yeah. cricket sounds here. <laughs> I Listen, I mean, there's a lot of things, right, Croc? I mean... I don't know. I mean, what do you think, I guess? What do you think kind of the thoughts you want to have? I could see him picking up a contract with either and one because they're really trying to get back into the get business. They have Fred Van Vliet. They have a couple of other lower-level people. Getting Kyrie Irving would be a huge step up in brand name for them. Or Puma because Puma has a decent amount of people in the NBA. But here's the problem. He's been talking about things that are very controversial and things that are getting people insecure about their feelings so you don't want to sign somebody who's going to split your productivity and split your business in half Mm -hmm. so i don't see him signing somebody immediately until he recants on some of his things that he said but at the same time why would you recant just to sign a deal you're already making so much money just being an nba player Mm -hmm. speaking your mind yes the shoe contract's kind of a Big deal for some players, but you can't wear Nike shoes anymore. You can wear Adidas, you can wear Under Armour, you can wear Puma, you can wear An One, you can wear any other brand until they tell you you can't. Yeah. And then he's going to go out there just wearing Converse after a while. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, Kyrie Irving is kind of one of the most kind of polarizing kind of features in the NBA that he's been, right? And now speaking of Kyrie Irving, right, just quickly, I mean, obviously he just got, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, going to the Mavs as well, right? And I think, just quickly, my thoughts about this where we move on here, Krug, I think for the Mavs, this is a huge kind of step up to pick up somebody after they lost Jalen Brunson earlier in the year to the Knicks. I think someone that's going to help out Luka Dantage in whole 
be a facilitator, be a person as well. I think it's going to be huge for the Mavericks, and especially for them. Their title odds now just went up way more than it was the last time. So I think that's a huge pickup, obviously, for the Mavericks. Absolutely. But, I mean, I'd like to see them pick up a big man, a forward. You got Luka Doncic, who can run the point. He can run the two. He can run the three if he has to, but he cannot run a four or five. Pick up a power forward like Pascal Siakam. Bring him in. Or bring in a five. Robin Lopez. Not the guy I'm looking for. But, <laughs> you know, bring, in, bring in a five. Who whether Even if he's just a rebounder, just get somebody in there who can take over for Powell. Because Powell's not doing an amazing job. Because even in a game like today where it's mostly shooting, driving, or dunking, the big man is still a crucial part of an NBA team. So if he's not being efficient, you're gonna see you're gonna see the Mavericks like they are now, not in that top ten spot where they want to be at. But let's move forward into men's college hoops. Purdue has been number one in the rankings for is it one week or two weeks now, Max? Well, it's been two weeks, but I will say this about Purdue. They just had a tough loss to Indiana, obviously, this weekend. So and that was a huge win for Indiana. And as I thought, remember coming into the show beforehand, Kruk, I said one of those sleeper teams in college basketball here would be Indiana. And Indiana is a team that's with Tracy Jackson Davis and how they play. Big time win for the Hoosiers. But yeah, still up there is Houston as well, Alabama. Arizona's moved up a little bit too as well for the Wildcats. But huge game obviously tonight is between Texas and Kansas. Those two teams playing in Lawrence tonight. So that's a big two between those two. Kansas kind of been on and off since that Kansas State loss. Texas has kind of been just around there figuring out who they are as a team. So, I mean, Kruk, it kind of looks like similar stuff. But, yeah, the big one this week in college basketball, Indiana, knocking off Purdue 79-74 on Saturday, Kruk. Yeah, and looking at it, Houston's been right in that 1-2-3 spot most of the year. I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. But a surprising one for me is that the Jayhawks from Kansas are still in the top 10. They lost. They've lost a couple. They've yeah. lost a decent amount of games in a row, and they're still cl- clinging on to that top spot. UCLA with four losses on the season. They're behind Tennessee and Texas, who both also have four losses in the season. And Texas just bumped up from the 10 to the 5 spot after a huge week last week. I don't know, man. It, it's hard to predict college college yeah. brackets especially with this much movement going on i think it, maybe they probably moved up texas I'm looking at kind of texas schedule at the moment because they did beat kansas state at kansas state and so kansas state's kind of been one of those teams that's still hanging around there in the top 10 so again i think listen the big 12 right now has a lot of teams here in the top 10 and another team as well keep an eye on uh, xavier musketeers they're another great team i mean they have they have some great shooting guards as well i kind of like how they play um, in the Big East, we thought it would be Villanova, right? Yeah. Villanova's always been that team. They have been horrible. I mean, horrible this year. I mean, they are not the team that everyone wants to expect them to be up there. So Xavier might run the table in the Big East, and maybe, who knows, when we get to March Madness time, Crook could be a team to watch. I mean, absolutely. Switching over into the women's side, I am still standing strong on my prediction that UConn's going to end up walking away with this. And I know that that is a really, a really hot take and i am 100 percent okay with it because uh look at south carolina they're 21 and 0 right now undefeated unscratched unmarked never gonna change look at look at the percentage of teams that go into the national championship undefeated 
and then once again tell me that they're going to win it all. Hey, I mean, it's it's not like you're wrong or anything, right? I think, I mean, a lot of the teams that are there, South Carolina's still up there. Stanford team that I like to talk about actually lost to tough games. So they dropped down four spots. So that was something to keep an eye on looking at that as well. Ohio State was up there as well, but then they've dropped because they've lost four out of their last five, dropped all the way down to 13. So, And we talked about last time, right, Kruk, with LSU, right? LSU's kind of a team we think they're gonna. there's a loss coming up in the schedule with LSU. And so at this point right now, I mean, I mentioned Iowa, a team you can't sleep on, but Kruk, I'm not going to agree with you in this one. I'm going to say UConn as well. I it Maybe change a little bit, right, looking at everything, but how UConn, they just had a huge win this weekend too. And so that's something to keep in mind as well so i don't know there's gino ariema in that culture i think yeah is gonna do well for uconn but donnie you know maybe you can break us up what do we got um well no disrespect obviously being a division one college basketball player is a huge accomplishment but i do not partake in watching college basketball <laughs> so i'm only so and as far as i knew until just now kentucky and kansas were still running men's basketball but i do know for a fact about the South Carolina Gamecocks and how dominant they've been for the last, what, seven seasons now? Five? Three? Three. Thank you for correcting me, Krupp. Um, but, I mean, Don Staley's just got it on lockdown there. That program's always got the best talent. I mean, just really that's it. I don't got much else to say other than they're the best, and I don't see anyone beating them anytime soon. I mean, yeah, it, it really helps when you have – uh, Zia Cook dropping 15 points a game. And then field goal percentage, you got Aliyah Boston. Aliyah Boston. Sh- Aliyah yeah. Boston shooting yeah. 60%. Shooting I mean, that's just that's a Im- remarkable feat. But let's move back into the Super Bowl. Our Super Bowl halftime show is Rihanna. <laughs> and this year it will be Pepsi and Apple Music. Ooh, Apple Music it. popping forward, now taking the big-time sponsor. But I think Pepsi might still have a low... A lower sponsorship as well and we're just like max when you think of rihanna what song comes to mind what's the first song that you just think about damn there's a lot crook i mean there's a lot of great ones that she's had i mean umbrella i mean that was obviously a great song that she had um i mean there was also an sos that's obviously a great song it used to be back in the day that was a good one um love on the brain that's not a bad song as well um for rihanna too so there's a couple, she's got a lot of great hits. And I think that's, I'll say this quickly about a Super Bowl before I get your guys' thoughts, right? When you want to have something that's obviously Super Bowl, you want someone that's got a lot of hits overall, right? We saw that last year when we saw Dr. Dre and everybody else. That was a great Super Bowl to have with all the half times. And I think Rihanna's going to have the same thing. She's going to have a lot of people paying attention. A lot of people know her music over time and everything. So those songs, like I said, Umbrella, SOS, and kind of Love on the Brain are kind of my favorite type of songs from Rihanna. Um, yeah, I mean, those are all really good songs, but what comes to mind for me, there's a couple, is uh, Disturbia being one, because I just kind of vividly remember being in the batting cages as a kid, and that song would play every single day. And then, um, as well as Shut Up and Drive, I believe that song was made for Ooh, the yeah, uh, Wreck-It Ralph movie. That, that was a good one. I love Wreck-It Ralph, mm-hmm. love the song, love the scene that the song is used in in the movie. I think it's absolutely perfect, so I love those songs, and uh... Also, shout out to uh, Just Dance on the Wii, because me and my siblings, mainly my older sister, would get down to Umbrella on Just Dance. I mean, yeah, like, until you took it, it was uh, that was going to be one of my big ones, Shut Up and Drive. Uh, I really liked that one. 
Uh, uh, Call me stupid, but I didn't realize till like three years after playing it, it had a lot of sexual undertones. So, yeah, kind of an idiot. But um, if I can pick any song, whether she's featured or the main star, I'm going to do Love the Way You Lie. Where she's a feature Ooh, yeah, and it's it's good. Eminem. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Too. Uh, I'm just a huge Eminem Speaking fan. Of that, another song, Monster too. Oh, Monster. That's she's a good. One. good. Eminem and that yeah. one. That's another good one as well. Um, she's just an incredible singer. She's and then, honestly, least favorite song by her, and I know this one's really gonna be a hot take. Is gonna have to be Work. I just do not like Work. I feel like she yeah, repeats the same thing yeah, over and over. Kind of annoying. Yeah. A little repetitive. Obviously, it was a it was a huge pop hit. It was on. It was a huge. It's a huge radio hit. Dear Lord, that song oh, played God, on the radio yeah. forever for, for years. <laughs> so, but saying, you know. no, I mean, yeah, like. But then I just kind of want to get into the selection for artists for the Super Bowl, because if you look at it, they they're running out of blue bloods. If you like, you think about it. Last year, taking a visit to old hip hop, um, you've had your Coldplay's, Beyonce, Bruno Mars. Uh, I mean. And then go back in the day, you have Janet Jackson with Justin Timberlake not too long ago. Don't forget about Prince. Prince. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and when you hear these names, these are all the Legendary, absolute yeah. biggest stars. And, like, right now, at this point, to... And also, you have to... The NFL has to appease multiple audiences with their artists. So they can't go out there and pick a full, like, hip-hop crowd like they did last year. Because they received an extreme amount of flack. For picking the hip hop artist last year, in my opinion, it's one of the best. Hip, it's one not one of the hip, best hip hop shows of all time. Yeah, one absolutely. Of the best, it, I think it's the best Super Bowl performance of all time. My favorites. Absolutely, and um, to shed some light on like actually how they picked the Super Bowl halftime because I did some research on this. They picked the Super Bowl halftime based on who they expect not to watch the game. So Kansas City is going to be tuned in. Um, Philadelphia is obviously going to be tuned in. New York, L.A., Chicago. The big cities where there's a lot of people, they're all going to be tuned in. Now you have to look at the places who maybe won't necessarily tune in. And now you have to look at the people who don't care about football. Like, people who don't care about football aren't going to watch the Super Bowl because it's just the Super Bowl. So they go out and they pick people that they think, okay, they're not going to watch the Super Bowl for the Super Bowl, but they're going to watch for the halftime. So if we can get them to tune in in the second quarter – catch just enough of the game to think it might be a little exciting, watch the halftime show. Now if they get up to go to the bathroom, they get up to get a bag of chips, they get up to go somewhere else, that show, that game is still on. And if they walk past the TV and it's 30-30 to 30 or 30-27 in the fourth quarter, even if they don't know a thing about football, they're going to sit down because they know enough math to be like, three points, you know, that's, that's kind of close. And they're just they're just gonna watch, mm-hmm. and that's how you get them hooked in. You get them hooked, and then there you go. So the Super Bowl halftime is not about appeasing the location, right? A lot of people thought that last year they did a lot of hip hop and California was, yeah. artists because it was the Rams. Mm-hmm. No, they did it because they didn't expect that crowd to care about the NFL. Now you bring in Slim Shady, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar. Forgot the chick's name. Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Absolute Blige. legend. Oh my, yeah. now, Don't let him disregard Mary J. Blige. <laughs> she is a legend and a queen. Continue. Crying. Now you bring in. Now you bring in those five huge artists. More people are gonna watch just for that. The weekend. That was a questionable one because he was. That. He was still on the rise, right? He did a great job. He was still on the rise, but he wasn't 
an established big name. He was, like yeah. I said, still on the rise, mm-hmm. right? The Super Bowl really, like, helped him hit that next level. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely did. And his album that came out after the Super Bowl, tenfold bigger than what it would have been if it wasn't mm-hmm. in the And Super it also Bowl. helps that he actually does make good music. And so, yeah, so I said my least favorite was work. What's your least favorite, I'd, Johnny? I'd honestly probably have to agree with you. Um, uh, work or uh, Rude Boy. For similar reasons, because oh, yeah. it's that's the same one. thing over <clears throat> and over. Yeah, I probably disagree with you, Donnie. Yeah, the rude boy as well. And then an honorable mention, honorable mention for um, favorite song. I gotta go uh, four or five seconds. That's Rihanna, oh, yeah. Kanye, oh, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> Paul McCarthy. That's a good one. That was a good one. Moving forward into our second fun topic, we figured we'd give you guys an extra cup of tea. <laughs> We're gonna pick our favorite and least favorite Jordans. So, Donnie. Uh, you want to start off? What's your favorite pair of Jordans? Um, you know, colorway and I've, colorway and number. I've never been a huge Jordan guy, so I really don't know like numbers and all that. I really just kind of know the original, like the the main few. So like I'm a big fan of the ones, the Elevens, the Fours. But for me, I'm gonna for me I'm gonna have to go the. Uh, uh, I think I can't remember if it's a ten or eleven, but the uh, I think it's the Compton Elevens. Is I believe what they're called. They're black and white, nice, beautiful, subtle, beautiful shoe. Max? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of been, like I said, I'm not t- totally into kind of Jordans, but I'm kind of just looking online here, seeing what I can find. I mean, the ones that obviously that I kind of looked at were the Air Jordan 3 retros that he had in North Carolina. I, oh, thought, yeah. those, I thought those ones were actually pretty cool because obviously it kind of makes back to his time in North Carolina where he went into college and has the color color logo, color, color prints that he has, kind of the light blue and white. So I thought it just, I don't know, I thought it just looked clean and maybe something that, you know, would look pretty cool, Kurt. Man, if I got to pick my favorite ones, I'm going to have to go with just the, the Space Jam 11s. Everybody remembers watching Space Jam with Jordan. Those shoes, I just, I thought they were, I thought they were one of a kind, the, the best ever. Uh, and then flipping it around, my least favorite Jordans are uh, Jordan 12s. I just don't like them at all. I I think with the right coloring, they can be decent to wear. But as a sneakerhead myself, I would not go out of my way to buy Jordan Twelves. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, and then let me go back to my favorite shoe. I got the name the Concord Elevens. Okay, I'm okay. That's, let, let me just correct myself. But least favorite, you know, I really like I said, I don't have to. Never really been too big on the sneaker game. I buy most of my shoes from Ross. But just to me, I really don't like the eights. The eights are just not pretty. They just kind of look clunky, and they like I'm like they look like they would fit old style, like retro fashion, like early two thousands vibe. But just now, I just really don't like it. All the straps, accessor, it, yeah, just not appealing to me. And Max, your least favorite? <laughs> well, again, like I said, I'm just looking at some of the stuff. Apparently. There was one called Air Jordan 7, and one of the names was called Ugly Sweater. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this. I'm just looking at this online right here. Apparently, they called it Ugly Sweater because they actually thought it really looked ugly. So what it looks like on here, I'll just describe because we're talking on audio, is that it looks like it's like a mixture of kind of just colors, right? Mixture of just colors and everything else. And it has like weird type of designs. Imagine and it's just, I don't, a roller yeah. rink carpet. 
a skating rink. Oh, carpet. dude, that's perfect. Yeah, skating rink carpet on a shoe. It's just, it's, with I don't know. Red at with bright cherry red yeah. accents. I just looked at that. I'm like, wow. I mean, it's just too much. I think in one kind of thing. It's not like simplistic or something like that. And sometimes you don't want to have too much of something. I think that's what what that shoe has. So I kind of was just like, nope, to that one. I mean, absolutely, and we're going to wrap things up here. We went a little past our 30-minute mark, but, hey, we're having fun. So Valentine's Day is coming up. It's around the corner. We should have another podcast out before that. But make sure you buy your significant other something else, and if you don't buy it, make it from the heart. Just don't give her nothing. If you just give her a movie night and a dinner, that's like phoning it in, right? That's, that's like hitting a triple and you stop at second base. Go out there, make her something, buy her something. Even if you just buy her like a pedicure, manicure gift card to like LA Nails or whatever. Just get her something to where she feels appreciated or he feels appreciated. Not gonna not gonna say women don't listen to us, you know, but honestly, you want to give a guy something that he will enjoy, buy him a fidget spinner. He will use it for 10 years. I mean, I used to have a fidget spinner for when I was six years old, and I still spin it on the daily. You, and the other three guys, or the other two guys in this room, can't even tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> I mean, you buy somebody just something, something that's not even expensive, but it's just from the heart, and you make it seem, and you make it seem like it's just for him. You make him or her feel special. You're gonna get a long way in life. But until next time, Donnie, Max. Crook, we're signing off. Everybody have a great week.